Okay, welcome here, VIP members. Those of you who have uh, agreed to go deeper into transforming and thriving through horse wisdom, I really wanna welcome you. Uh, as I have said several times, this summit is about the next uh, transformation of working with horses and horse wisdom. So I'm so excited you're here because you get to hear more from Sander Wallen. And I'm sure you've already heard the first interview and we talked about so many beautiful things in terms of horse wisdom and horse behaviors. And so I think Sandra's gonna share some amazing couple stories about horses and what they did and so that you can recognize in your own horse what kinds of things they're doing to actually mirror the behaviors of the humans who come. So uh, that'll get us a little bit deeper into this marrying thing, okay? So Sandra, you talked about a f two of them. One was with uh, Chiron and Grace, right? And it involved the other horses. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about that. There was this lovely group of young 20, 30 something women, all uh, entrepreneurs, all friends, and really movers and shakers here in the Vancouver area, just lovely ladies. One of them had been coming back to cancer again. One of them had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And we had spent the day kind of playing with horses and, and visiting and having fun and brushing and grooming and, and uh, hanging out at the fire circle that we have here. It was so fun. Just lovely to be together in the company of this beautiful feminine kind of yin energy. It was lovely. And then Grace came over to the fence and she was looking at me and I thought I just kind of had this impression I just saw us in, in the center of our paddock we have a mini Stonehenge so I brought um, these beautiful big not, not really standing stones but sitting stones so there's we've made this stone circle within the center of their paddock and very often the horses will go and stand in there it's kind of like it has this beautiful energy or frequency there symbolism of the circle too about wholeness and I just had a little flash of maybe Grace sent it to me, maybe uh, we're just something different, I'm not sure, but saw this young woman in the center of the stone circle. So I said, and I wouldn't necessarily do this with all of the horses, but certainly feel comfortable doing this with Grace. And I said, let's bring a chair out and set it up in the center of the circle. I'm not really sure what's going to unfold, but I just get the impression that Grace wants us to move in there. So we set up a chair in the center of the circle that could kind of recline a little bit, you know, one of those chairs that fold back. We set her up in the center of the circle and the rest of us humans, all the women stood around the circle uh, in between the stones. And normally Chiron is Mr. Curious and Mr. Busy and he always has to come on and check everything out as does Zen. So these two big black and white horses, how they very often yin and yang each other, was really interesting to watch what unfolded. So Grace came in right away and she stood over this young woman's body with her nose again, right in the area of the diagnosis. And she just stood there and it was almost like she started to fall asleep, just standing there. We were there for almost 40 minutes and the 
the other horses, which is very unusual, Zen and Tank did not even come anywhere near the circle. They stayed in the shelter in the barn. And Chiron came over and he stood at the other end of the woman and then he came and stood right beside Grace. And he's much taller than her. So it was, at one point he was standing with his head almost over Grace and this this beautiful mare had her nose over this over this woman breathing right into the area of her ovaries and both horses just started to fall asleep almost like they were in a deep trance and the other two horses as well not a movement out of them for almost 40 minutes and we all just stood in a sacred circle there's a beautiful word called uh, inuit word called isumatok and it means being the keepers of sacred space it which... totally sounds like what this was. So that's what we were doing. Now, we didn't know what wisdom was being revealed because it was almost like this um, below the level of our conscious awareness, this communication or this interaction that was happening with this beautiful young woman and the two horses. But it was like there was the masculine and the feminine. There was Grace, who's a profound, profound healer. And she goes into the real deep, dark places for people. She's a grief walker. She very often helps people on their journeys of grief. And certainly there was a lot of grief in relationship to this diagnosis. And then there's Chiron, who's like mercurial, he's air, he's just really busy and moving all the time, but he wasn't. So it was like he was bringing that element. So we had, and you think about the medicine wheel, we had all of the different energies. The sun was down, bringing the fire element. We were on the earth, we were in the circle of stones. We had the wind and the breeze was blowing through. And Grace, Grace is very earthy, and then her breath, air, Right. And then the water, the emotion, it's just so much emotion that was moving through. And we're in Vancouver, so there's all we're never very far away from rain or water here as well. So it was this beauty, beautiful relationship of healing that Chiron and Grace created, as well as did the circle of women for this young woman. And I was completely I my friend Connie says, you know, Sandra, you always say these incredible, amazing stories, but you never seem surprised. And I, I'm not really surprised anymore, but always delighted because it just seems like just when I think I've seen everything that I can possibly see, then there's something else incredible that happens with the horses. And so we just stood in that circle for about 40 minutes. It was quite a long time. None of us felt tired. It was like we were all just being energized and we all stood completely still. And then when the session was over again, Grace just kind of, she, she kind of brought her nose down to the woman's feet, which were uh, up on the chair and exhaled. And then she and Chiron walked away and it was done. So what happened? I don't know. Like, could, could we could we say, oh, well, this happened and this happened? No, we, we have no way. But beyond our words to be able to describe what happened, something very profound occurred for all of us. So this is, I have to get myself out of that state because I was just dropping into it, just hearing that. Uh, so one of the incredible pieces aspects of horse wisdom is not having to articulate it into human words. And the kids love that. You know, when I first started working with the children in the school system and bringing them out, they are not interested in talking about what happened or really a, a whole lot about anything. And that's where 
the expressive therapies started to come into the work with horses because horses speak in symbolism and metaphor and in nonverbal ways. So for the kids to be able to anchor the learning, that was one thing that's really tangible for people that work with horses is please include expressive arts and therapies into your work because it's a way of helping the lessons or the teachings or the gifts from the sessions become integrated into somebody's lives. So you're asking earlier about how do you take this and then bring it out into the world? Well, you, first of all, you have to take it and experience it, but then you have to integrate it. And, and how do we do that? There's many ways of doing it, but the expressive arts is certainly one way. Ah, that's so beautiful. I was just thinking for kids, uh, how old were these kids that you're talking about? Elementary school through teenagers. Right, okay. So language for them is still forming. There's still this, there's this construct that they're trying to adhere to so that they can exist. And so being able to access a part of them that they already know and just express it must just be so enlivening, so nourishing. I can just imagine. That was just beautiful. It'd be music or it would be movement or or they, they just would be so creative in the things that they would want to share with the horse. And then they want to do it with the horses and share it with the horses and have the horses help them create it, which is even more. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like that co-regulation that we were talking about before. Uh, I, I did want to ask you, because I, I wasn't quite clear when you were describing the, the part before you went into the stone circle and you said Grace looked at you. And so there was that communication, if you will, that she wanted to be in the circle or did she walk to the circle? No, it felt more like, she, so, like, you, hey, we got to we got to do some stuff for this woman, right? You can feel when Reese is looking at you. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. But I wanted to just be more explicit for those who were saying, well, how did you know that that's what it was going to be? We were in a stone circle and uh, I think I have a thing for stone circles. We have a stone circle fire circle with the waterfall and the fire. Oh, it sounds so exquisite. I'm going to be coming to your house. Come on up. <laughs> Horses paddock um, is maybe 15, like one section is about 15 feet away. And I had my back facing the paddock. I could just feel, I could feel her just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I and, and she doesn't do that. Normally she, she's very intentional. So a lot of times you won't even notice her in the paddock. She doesn't show up for everybody. She'll just kind of hide herself away. But then when the student is ready, the teacher appears and she, okay. as we so learned, that, we just need to pay attention, pay attention and, and to be able to and not just pay attention with our eyes. So don't just notice things with our eyes. It's, it's really about like horses do more than just see they're, they're connected to the environment in a beautiful, holistic, multi-sensory way. So if we can start to, this is another way to help people be present with horses, but with themselves and start to include all of the senses. So what are you, what are you sensing when you're with the horses as well as really helpful and profound. But yeah, be present, notice, listen to your intuition. Oh, that's a good one um, that I don't always do. And I think, well, yeah, when we get on a, when we start doing stuff, sometimes it's easy to fall into the doing stuff thing. 
Well, and sometimes it seems a little un, uh, irrational or not logical as well. Like how, <laughs> how do you know to trust that or to listen to that? Well, experience. And after I've lived with these horses for this long, I kind of know when I feel her eyes boring into my back that I need to turn around and just trust what's coming up inside of me and follow it. I love that. That's so beautiful. And um, there was another experience where you said there were four horses present. Well, those four horses were present there, but uh, the one that another one just popped into my head, if I, I may, about yes, and intuition, because I think this is an important one for all of us that live and work with horses or those of us that are called or inspired by horses is they really have one of their their wisdom teachings for sure is that they help us access our intuition, our instincts and our intuition, you know, the human aspect is the is the intellect, but then how do we live in more instinctual connected to the somatic, the earth uh, kind of life. And Chiron was up being trained to be my mountain horse up in the mountains about three hours from here. And he and I were going to go on our very first ride. So we went up into the mountains and it was the most glorious of days. The sun was shining. There was clouds and I was there with one of my best friends, Ainsley, and, and we'd been riding together for years and she's a mountain gal and, and had an end-to-end riding program. So we had we'd done a lot of miles together. So we were up and went up, came out of the mountains and there was this beautiful blue lake with all of the green trees and we were coming down along beside the lake and there was a little creek that ran into the lake. And my gut, my intuition said, don't cross the creek here, which is where the trainer who had been riding Chiron up there for the last many months crossed the creek. But my intuition said, don't do that. And then my head went, yeah, but she's been riding Chiron up here for these months. She knows the safe place to cross the creek. Uh -oh. And so I, Kyron and I were going to go somewhere else. And then my head went, no, follow the trainer. So I asked Kyron to go and he, he was to his credit. He, he said no, but then, okay. So then we went into the Creek and a stick came up and poked him in the stomach. <gasps> he freaked out and leapt out of the Creek. We hit the trainer's horse. My saddle turned sideways. I got caught in his legs as he was running down the lake and I had a I won't go into all the details but I was knocked unconscious and I had a very very severe riding accident where I was really torn up and broken had lots of injuries and and you know <laughs> hindsight is of course 2020 so I think well or you know mm -hmm. how ever know there was a stick that would come up at exactly that moment and touch him in the tummy and cause him cause him to lose it but what i will say is and there's no accident that my business is chiron's way finding the gifts and the places <laughs> when we get bonked on the head <laughs> literally uh, some of us need it some of us need it that intensely to be able to listen yeah. But it was one of the greatest gifts of my life because that's when I came home and started to use the things I'd been teaching with others in the schools and with others in my private practice with myself and my body healed so quickly. I had lost almost all my hearing 
the doctor said I wouldn't be able to get it back and I was able to do that. And then also to transform, so a lot of the work I do is trauma-based, so to transform the trauma, but also to transform the trauma that Chiron had gone through too with this quantum program that we can use to be able to work with the consciousness of the horses. This was a real big turning point for me that had, so on the one hand, had I listened to my intuition, it would not have happened. So there's pros and cons to both. And maybe had I listened, it would have come around another way. I would have, you know, hopefully not as painfully, painfully, but it was just a, an example of how, how the, the horses for me, at least, as we said earlier in the introduction, have been my greatest teachers. And over time, the lessons come more gently, right? We don't want to have to learn in that way. But to be, some people would have that experience and, and quote unquote, never get back on the horse. It would, it would be completely um, change their lives in a different kind of a direction. So to be able to find the wisdom in those kinds of encounters and experiences, I think horses, even though he was a horse that we did that together, he was also an integral part of my healing from it. And I, an integral part in his healing from it as well. Yeah. Yes, that was definitely part of the horse wisdom is the being in relationship and being connected. And that it goes beyond what we might think relationship is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for just taking us on those two journeys. <laughs> I feel like I have, uh, yeah, experienced some really beautiful things. So yeah, thank you. And all of you who would like to see more and learn more from Sandra, go ahead and look at the, her website below chironsway.com and again Sandra thank you so much for all the work you do and everything you do for the horses and uh, I'm very honored to have you here so thank you thank you Lisa and thank you everyone for tuning in <laughs> all right everybody bye-bye we'll see you soon take care